Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Back and thrilled to be back on this Monday, April 17th, the year 2023. Hope everybody had a wonderful Easter. And for all the kids that were out last week on a little spring break, um, hope you had a wonderful time at the beach or wherever it was that you went. But it's great to be back, reinvigorated, rejuvenated, and ready to go. And my main man, James Mesh, back in his his seat, the producer's chair inside the game studios and inside the EPCO Development Studios. EPCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is where you'll find 1037. Uh, we're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, we're also simulcast on television on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Before we get to the headlines, James Mesh, I missed you, buddy. How was your Easter? How is everything? It was good. Got to spend time with the family, and then over the weekend, went to Grand Isle and had a bachelor trip to go fishing. Dang. Did you bring back any uh, any goodies? Yeah, we brought back some uh, speckled trout and some redfish and other fish like that. Good. See, I don't have the patience to fish. I love to eat fish. I just don't have the patience to sit out there and wait and wait and wait. So God bless you. Um, that's awesome. I know you missed me because I cause I can tell. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's been a while, huh? <laughs> it's been a while. It's. I don't know. Here we are, middle of April, and I woke up to 45 degrees today. I don't understand what's going on, uh, but I do understand that Jalen Hurts is feeling the love in the city of brotherly love. Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles have agreed on a five-year, $255 million deal that makes the quarterback the highest-paid player in NFL history. The deal includes $179.3 million guaranteed and a no-trade clause. Hertz's new deal keeps him in Philadelphia through 2028. The deal places Hertz ahead of Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers for the top spot among all players in average annual salary. Pretty good for a guy that um, they said couldn't make it as a quarterback in the NFL, but he worked hard and he got the deal. Now just wait. Let's see what Joe Burrow commands, what Justin Herbert commands. And now what does this do 
for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. We shall see. We shall see. Um, LSU baseball wins two out of three. Jake Johnson said it was the most important win or the best win of his time as the head coach at LSU when when the Tigers uh, won it in rallying fashion on Saturday, an 8-7 to seven win over the Wildcats. We'll talk a lot about LSU baseball, but as is always the case, it seems, pitching is the issue. Garrett Edwards, Chase Shores, out. Grant Taylor, out. Nate Ockenheisen, out. Four pitchers down from where they were starting the season. The depth of pitching is apparent, or the lack thereof is apparent. Can they get Javen Coleman back? Um, who's going to step up? The, the biggest answer would be for Ty Henry to become a more consistent picture and for Thatcher Hurd to live up to his potential. We'll talk a lot about LSU baseball Coming up, Glenn West will join us from Go247 Sports at around 2.30 this afternoon, and we'll delve into all of that. LSU spring game is coming up this Saturday. Meanwhile, the spring, the second NCAA transfer portal window officially opened on Saturday. Brian Kelly and LSU taking a different approach as compared to the first window where they were in search of immediate impact players. Now they'll be looking to add depth. There are a few position groups of need of extra bodies, specifically at offensive line, linebacker, safety, uh, making this second window a time for LSU to gain depth in some significant areas. Uh, we'll also talk at the top of our number two to the head gymnastics coach at LSU, Jay Clark, uh, a team besieged by injuries, but through guile, uh, work, uh, determination, got to the four on the floor, which is gymnastics equivalent to the final four of college basketball. They came up finishing fourth, but a team that no one in the world expected to get as far as they did but they did. Jay Clark will join us and we'll talk about his program and where do they go from here. Meanwhile, the NBA playoffs are in full swing. Ali Cassell will join us at around 3.30. We'll talk about the problems with the Pelicans. Can Zion finally listen to those around him and get his butt in the gym and lose about 40 pounds, get in shape and get ready to go? Tired of watching uh, from the sidelines as the Pels sit out and other teams play. Joel Embiid led the Sixers in game one over the Brooklyn Nets as they win by 20. The Celtics led by 30 at the half over the Atlanta Hawks in their game one, only to win 112 to 99. Ah, the New York Knicks on the road get it done against Cleveland 101 to 97. It was Jay. Jalen Brunson, golly, the Dallas Maverick got to be sick, letting him get out the window 
Jalen Brunson led the way with 27 points. The Kings, oh my goodness gracious, was Sacramento ever busting at the seams. They beat the Golden State Warriors in game one, 126 to 123, despite Steph Curry's 30. Andrew Wiggins, 17 off the bench in his return to action. But it was the Kentucky Wildcat duo of De'Aaron Fox with 38 and Malik Monk with 32. 70 points among the two of them. And uh, game two tonight in that series where uh, Sacramento on fire. Surprise, surprise, the L.A. Lakers beat the Memphis Grizzlies 128-112 to in a game where nobody's even talking about LeBron James nor Anthony Davis, despite the fact that they combined for 43 points. But it was two, Austin Reeves with 23 points, and the former Zag, Rui Hachimura, with a career-high 29 points in 30 minutes off the bench to lead the Lakers. The big story for the Grizz, the injury to Ja Morant, uh, who went out after 30 minutes of action with 18 points, landed on his right wrist. Uh, he is day-to-day, but in all likelihood will miss game number two. Another injury impacted game one of the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks as Giannis Antetokounmpo, Went hard to the hole, landed on his back, only played 11 minutes in the ball game, And with that door open, nobody better come playoff time than Jimmy Butler of the Heat. He had 35 points in 43 minutes. And Miami, with a 130-117 win over the number one seed in the East. Wow. You know what? Everybody seemed to have forgotten about a guy by the name of uh, Kawhi Leonard. Well, the Phoenix Suns certainly remember him now. He had 38 points as the Clippers went on the road into Phoenix and stole game one, 115 to 110. And Kawhi was simply sensational, simply sensational. And in the latest game of the day, the Denver Nuggets had no problem beating Minnesota 109-80. to Welcome back to the playoffs, one Jamal Murray, another Kentucky Wildcat who had 24 points. Nikola Jokic with 13 points, 14 rebounds, and six assists. So really great action. Injuries um, took the toll. We've got two games tonight, the Nets and the 76ers, the Warriors, at the Kings. So we'll talk NBA hoops with Ali Cassell. Those are some of your headlines of the day. Uh, we'll take our first time out of the day. We will open up um, the game hotline at 337-706-0111. Your opportunity to talk about anything and everything that you want. Tigers win two out of three. Cajuns take two long balls to salvage, not being swept by Troy. They win the finale two to one. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, the Zurich Classic is coming up this week in New Orleans. What a finish it was yesterday on the PGA Tour with the playoff that Jordan Spieth let slip away. Um so lots to talk about, lots to get into. Would love to hear from you. But let's take our first time out of the day. We'll come back and open up the phone lines next. 
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is coming back in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your free tickets. Text RODEO to 337-283-8100. That's RODEO to 337-283-8100. The Angola Prison Rodeo returns April 22nd and 23rd, and you can see all the excitement. Bull riding, wild horse racing, convict poker. Text RODEO, R-O-D-E-O, to 337-283-8100 to watch the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. And we're back 16 minutes after the hour um, on this Monday, April 17th. Tax day coming on. It's okay. Um, Tommy White named SEC Player of the Week for his his performance. White led LSU to three wins in four games last week, including an SEC Series victory um, over NCAA RPI number one ranked Kentucky. He batted 389, going seven for 18 in four games with four doubles, a one homer, 11 runs batted in, four runs, and a 429 on base percentage. Uh, so congratulations. Seems like every week uh, LSU has somebody who is the SEC player of the week now at 29 and six overall nine and five in Southeastern conference play. Uh, and look, they've had the five toughest series of anybody, the back end of their schedule uh, are against teams that aren't with winning records and aren't ranked in the uh, the top 25. Kentucky was ranked uh, 12th in the country when they played them. South Carolina was ranked 6th in the country when they played them. Tennessee was ranked 11th when they played them. Arkansas was ranked 6th. Texas A&M was 11th. So they've, they've played against top 25 teams all SEC season long to date. To date. Uh, tomorrow's a very special ball game as uh, the Raging Cajuns come to Tigertown for a uh, 6.30 pitch at Alec Box Stadium, Skip Burtman Field, and the Tigers will uh, have the traditional Friday, Saturday, Sunday series against the Ole Miss Rebels coming up. So when you take a look at the SEC baseball standings to date, it's um, it, it looks like in, in the East, Vanderbilt with a two-game lead over Florida. The Commodores are thirteen and two. Florida is eleven and four. South Carolina is ten and four. In the West, Arkansas eleven and four overall. LSU is nine and five, and then the rest A and M. Below 500, they're at seven and eight. Alabama, six and nine. Mississippi State, five and 10. Auburn, five and 10. Ole Miss, three and 12. So when you look at LSU's schedule, they still have to play 
Alabama, Mississippi State, Auburn, and Ole Miss. So there are no such thing as easy games in the SEC, but LSU certainly playing against teams not as good from a record perspective as the teams that they have played already. So um, they've got to go play Georgia. Um, So, I mean, they they have a chance to really uh, make some hay. So of their five remaining series, Georgia's four and eleven, Alabama six and nine, Mississippi State five and ten, Auburn five and ten, and Ole Miss three and twelve. But LSU's got to get their pitching staff right. I mean, that's that's all there is to it. They've got to figure out a way. Somebody's going to have to step up and deliver the goods because right now you've got Paul Skeens, and then you're like, whoa. Uh, the other thing that concerns you lately, all the errors that have been occurring for what at one point in time was the nation's best fielding percentage defense. Um, so you've got a couple of things. The hitting is there. Uh, but for instance, defensively, it took LSU 23 games to pick up its first eight errors. 23 games to pick up its first eight errors. It's only taken five games to rack up its last eight. And during the one game LSU lost in that five-game stretch, LSU had two critical mistakes that weren't ruled as errors, including a misplayed ball in the outfield that cost LSU four runs. You take away that one mishap, and LSU sweeps the series against Kentucky. The other thing of concern, walks. In the four games last week, LSU issued 43 of them, free passes, 29 walks, and 14 hit-by-pitches. That's over 10 per game. You can't win big-time games against big-time opponents doing that. So LSU has to clean up those numbers to reach the ultimate goal. In fact, LSU was able to still win three of their last five SEC games despite this skid in fielding and pitching shows that this team's got a little bit of chutzpah, a little bit of grit. And, boy, they can hit the cover off the ball. They can hit the cover off the ball. So uh, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, Spring football, I still don't know what's going to happen, uh, what kind of format this game is going to be. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? Uh, They're thin on the offensive line. They're thin at running back. I really could care less about the spring game. You You know how I feel about that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I wish they would do away with them and just let them practice and continue to to work on fundamentals and things like that. But I understand the SEC network and ESPN, they cover this. That's part of the that's part of their contract to get the big money. Uh, and you've got to do these things. So uh, we shall see. We shall see what LSU decides to do, what kind of show they're going to put on um, for the audience. And nobody, nobody, nobody puts on a full showing um, of anything, of any resort. So we shall see. I don't know about you guys, but I, um, I'm i not a big, big 
you know, I like to run, jog, as I call it. Um, but today was the 10th anniversary of the Boston massacre at the Boston Marathon. Um, very special day. And defending champion Evan Shebet won the Boston Marathon again today. He surged to the front at Heartbreak Hill and spoiled the much-anticipated debut of the world record holder, Iliwid Kipchoge. And he won in two hours, five minutes, and 54 seconds, the third fastest time in race history. Um, hard to believe that was 10 years ago, that backpack that exploded. Um, unbelievable. In the women's race, Helen Obiri, a two-time Olympic silver medalist in the 5,000 meters, uh, prevailed and won in two hours, 21 minutes, 38 seconds. So it was a Kenyan sweep. Kenyan sweep. Marcel Hug of Switzerland won the men's wheelchair race. American Susanna Scaroni won her first Boston title. Um despite having to stop early in the race to tighten her wheel. It's, I, I am amazed at how these people can run. They're running sub-five-minute miles in a marathon. It's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, so anyway, uh, there you have it. Let's talk more LSU baseball when we return uh, uh, with Glenn West of Go247 Sports next this is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you each and every day, thank goodness, by the great folks at ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that gets rid of those unwanted inches and along with that, permanent fat reduction by the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you really start playing. And by D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted, and by Cajun Chef. Oh, it's crawfish season. It's every season. Turn up the taste. Do yourself a flavor with Cajun Chef hot sauce. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back. Let's bring our good friend who covers LSU sports unlike any other from Go247 Sports. He works around the clock. The big fella, Mr. Glenn West. Glenn, I hope you had a good Easter, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great, Jordy. How about yourself? I'm good. Um, LSU baseball's bats are good. But here again, it seems like year in, year out, we always have to talk about pitching or lack thereof. Skeens has been terrific, consistently great. After that, it's been inconsistency, right? Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. And the injury bug has hit LSU. Give me an update on that. Yeah, so the injury bug really has just been kind of what's kind of kept LSU, I think, from exceeding expectations even more uh, the last two or three weeks or so. You've lost 
uh, Garrett Edwards and Chase Shores, who are two big-time arms out of your bullpen that you were really going to rely on here mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of key spots. So um, there's, I think there's a chance they they could maybe get Edwards back. They haven't officially closed the door on that. Okay. Don't think you're going to get Shores back this year. Um, but, yeah, those are two huge losses. I think you're, you've also got Nate Ackenhausen, who's a lefty, hard-throwing pitcher who uh, has been dealing with a little bit of a tight hamstring, so they're trying to get him back. Uh, they think he could be maybe ready for this weekend, but um, you know, amidst all those pitching injuries, they've also had some really uh, good outings in the last couple of weeks. Out of Gavin Gidry, who's a true freshman, uh, Bryce Collins, who's kind of a fifth-year uh, senior guy that has really come along here in the last month or so. Um, they, they 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 like what they have. I think they can survive, especially now that you're getting into, I guess I would say probably the easier part of your right. SEC schedule that's coming right. up. Um, so you can get some confidence out of those guys, maybe have some momentum changing outings and have, hopefully have those guys pitching at their best when, uh, when postseason play gets here. He is Glenn West go two four seven sports. What's what does Jake Johnson say about Thatcher Hurd? Because he has been, boy, he's had a tough go. He started off poorly. Then he got into a rhythm. Now he's falling back off the cliff again. What has, has Jake Johnson talked about him a little bit? Yeah, so we actually asked him about that today, um, and he's, you know, look, he's he's obviously going through it right now. I think with in terms of the consistency, um, but you know, if you look at his outing this last weekend, you know, he eliminates, he gets the first two guys out of uh, his outing on uh, I think it was Saturday in the Saturday game, um, and then you know, there's you know, he he allows you know a walk and then a hit and then you know another hit, mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of spirals for him. Unfortunately, he gets these you know, really composed, really elite level um, at bats where he's pitching really well and you think he's going to go three, four, five innings. Uh, And then it's just a little bit of a hiccup and it kind of just kind of gets out of control from there. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that they're trying to work with him on right now is just uh, treating every at bat the same, not letting one kind of dictate the rest of your outing. Uh, And it's been a little struggle for him. I mean, he's certainly kind of, I think, dipped uh, in the last three or four weeks uh, of SEC play. Uh, They need him because, I mean, Jay Johnson has kind of said this is a consistent theme all year is that Belshie wants to go to where it hopes to go this year. They're going to need him in a big spot and him pitching well. And so I do think that's also another guy that you can see with a little bit of a lax SEC schedule, maybe have a few good outings in a row, get some confidence back to him, and hopefully pitching his best ball by postseason. I really think he's the key. I really do. The other thing that seems to really have reared its ugly head again for so long, you and I have talked about, man, this defense has been great. They've been great. 23 games it took them to get their first eight errors of the season. They've had eight errors in their last five games. Uh, is that a lack of focus? Is this one of those things that kind of snowballs when it happens? One guy gets it, it kind of you get cursed that way. What do you think that is? Yeah, it, it's it was a real struggle, particularly on Friday. Um, you had the the overrun ball in the right field, which wasn't technically an error, but probably right. should have been. Yeah. Uh, you had you know Jordan Thompson had an error uh, this weekend. Um, yeah, it, it's. I'm not sure it's a major concern for them right now. I think they've done a really nice job of bouncing back after poor performances on defense. Um, you know, the Saturday game, they did a really nice job of bouncing mm-hmm. back and uh, they didn't really have a whole lot of uh, mental mistakes in that game. Um, but, but Friday, you, you surely, you surely could make the argument that they, they kind of 
beat themselves in that game. And a large part of that was, was because of the defense. And, um, you know, if you let a team like Kentucky, that's just so uh, predicated on uh, aggressive base running contact hits. If you get a couple of their guys on base, it's kind of off to the races for them and they really thrive in that element. So um, this was a good, I think a good challenge for LSU just because of how much Kentucky bunts and how much they rely on, you know, other teams making some errors and mistakes and them capitalizing on them in the infield. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, you, you can certainly take away a lot from this weekend and um, certainly LSU, I think, bounced back in a good way on Saturday to get the series win. Uh, no question. In fact, uh, that seven to six win by LSU, Jake Johnson um, called it his best win when he's had during his tenure. Why? Yeah. Why was that? Well, I think just because of some of the adversity they had gone through this weekend, um, the kind of the back and forth nature of the game. I mean, this if you watch this game, it was a really entertaining game just from a pure baseball standpoint. LSU takes an early lead and then Kentucky and them kind of go back and forth. It was I think it had at least six or seven lead changes in it uh, throughout the course of the nine inning game. Um, and LSU came up with a couple big swings, a uh, couple big at bats in the Eighth inning, uh, you know, catcher Alex Malazzo draws a walk. They get a uh, big hit from Trey Morgan. Dylan Cruz gets intentionally walked, and then they hit <laughs> they hit Tommy White Tommy with the White. pitch, and that's First the game winning win. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it, it's um, you know, it, it's just another way that I think that you can really look at this team and say they can win in a number of different ways. You know, they've they've had the blowout wins this year. They've had the come from behind wins. Uh, they haven't really had a ton of games where it's just really back and forth throughout, throughout the entire nine innings. And you're going to see a lot of that in postseason play and in the SEC tournament. Uh, these teams are really good, and you're going to be in a lot of battles. And so mm-hmm. have those kinds of wins, I think, is really important for this group. Find a way to do it. Uh, Glenn West, kind enough to join us. Okay, LSU baseball takes on UL uh, Lafayette tomorrow, and then they go on the road against Ole Miss, the defending national champs who are struggling, as you mentioned. Schedule from a records perspective certainly lessens or lightens for LSU, but you never know. You just never, ever know. Um, I want to switch gears. Matt McMahon making some waves. He's got to hit that portal hard. And he's got some veterans, some Louisiana veterans. Jordan Wright coming back from went to the Dunham School, went to Vanderbilt. He's coming back. That's a guy that's played in some big games and put up some pretty nice numbers. Jalen Cook from Walker High School, signed with LSU, left, went to Tulane, really found himself left now he's coming back to Baton Rouge and he got some big fella from where Nevada or Utah yeah, Nevada yeah Nevada. what do Will you Baker. think Matt's done yeah really um they've kind of put the heart, full court press on the last week or two they've had a lot of visitors in and out um they actually just had a Syracuse guard named Joe Girard uh who shoots about 38 percent from three uh I think they'd love to have him and add him into the mix from a perimeter scoring threat um, but yeah, getting back to some of the big additions, I mean, um, you know, look, Jordan Wright's a guy who's played for four years in the SEC, six five, six six guard, can really help you score on the perimeter. He yes. can help, you can post a little bit up with some of those guards on mismatches as well. Uh, he's going to be a great versatile defender for you. So that was a key pickup. Uh, and then Jalen Cook is a guy that I think can absolutely run the show next he can year. Handle it, yeah. He, yeah, he really, he really showed it. himself and what kind of player he is the last two years at Tulane. And he was a guy that I always thought LSU kind of let get away, you know, a couple of years ago. And I thought he had a really bright future. And yeah. so, really cool to see him come back and kind of finish up his college career here. Um, and then Will Baker is a former uh, borderline five star recruit. I mean, he 
started his career at Texas, didn't really have a whole lot of opportunities his first couple of years, transferred to Nevada, uh, where he averaged 13 and a half points a game and I think five or six rebounds. Uh, they're certainly going to need him to be a little bit more impactful on the rebounding side. Right, I right. think they probably could use uh, more of a natural rim protecting big too. If you really want to kind of check all your boxes there, that's not something he's great at, but he's a very efficient offensive player. Does he remind you a little bit? Who was the big for Vanderbilt that was a really good three-point shooter? The big tall kid. Um, oh, what was his name? The I big center. I can't remember his name. but he was, here recently. he was at Vanderbilt recently? Yeah, he just played for him. The big tall um, Yeah, I can't remember I can't off remember the top name, of my he, head. But he was good at outside shooting, and I think this is what that kid does. And Matt talked all about, we got to get taller. We got to get bigger. I like sure. the fact that he's getting veterans, man. You got to have oh, yeah. guys that have been through the wars. And I wonder if, if Matt secretly, when he sits and puts his head on the pillow at night going, I know he's happy that Kim Mulkey won a championship, but I wonder if he's going, God, dog it, Kim, you did it in year two? <laughs> no, now nah, all the pressure's on me. And he, gotta... it's, it's just the way of the world now. She proved because of the portal that you can win and win immediately. And that pressure, whether deserved or not, is squarely on oh, Matt yeah. McMahon. Yeah, look, I think, you know, when when you finish two and 16 in year one, the, the pressure is always going to be on uh, some immediate help and trying to get better uh, instantly. And so you've got to go in there with a with a really great plan of how you want to attack the portal. I mean, basketball nowadays is so year to year in terms of your rebuilding process. You yeah. really can't afford to think two, three years out because mm -hmm. most of your roster is not going to be there in two or three years. You've really got to build it incrementally um and and hope that it can work that next year so um yeah I, I love what they're doing so far i think they could probably use like i said another rim protector a guy who's more traditional in terms of deflections and blocking shots and getting get some shooters shooters yeah. scores man you better yeah. go and, find and, them. and look they have they have done a nice job i think wright's going to be able to help you out with the scoring department certainly jalen cook's a three-level score that you can really count on from the point guard position but you definitely know you need another scoring wing as well. Who's left? Uh, once again, yeah. Matt came in. Everybody left and hit the portal before he got here. Now he's here a year, and they're they're all hitting the portal again. Yeah, so they they've got a lot of they got a lot of spots to fill. I mean, they lost six guys to the portal this year, um, and then KJ also uh, KJ Williams is also off to the NBA. So they've got seven roster spots that they could potentially fill. <sighs> so far, they've filled them with you know three really solid transfers. You got the two true freshmen and Corey Chess and Mike Williams who are coming in as well. So that gives you five. So realistically, I think you're looking at another two, maybe three additions via the portal. Um, and you know, there, there are a number of names out there that LSU has been linked to. They've left no stone unturned in terms of the portal. It seems like every day a new player is hopping in and one of the <laughs> first teams that they're hearing from is LSU. So it's good yeah. that they're checking all those boxes. Of the six that left and entered the portal, which one was the biggest loss in your mind? Yeah, I would say Sean Phillips, the freshman, uh, center. Yeah. He was a guy that really earned a lot of opportunities towards the end of the season, um, a guy that certainly could fit the bill if he gets another year of development as a true rim protecting big uh, guy who can help you on the boards and certainly affect a lot of shots at the rim. Um, he was somebody that I felt like if they were able to hold on to 
add a more offensive-oriented center like they did in Will Baker this year, that those two would be able to really complement themselves really well. So I think what you're looking for if you're LSU is another guy that's kind of like that, maybe a guy you don't want to play 30, 35 minutes a game, but can come in and help you and play, you know, anywhere between 15 and 25 minutes and really mm-hmm. uh, help you in, in, in terms of, you know, rim protection and getting rebounds and getting out in transition, that kind of stuff. Need scoring, man. Need some scoring. Um, LSU spring football game is this Saturday. We saw a slew full of games, Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, uh, and, and others this past weekend. Um, what do you anticipate is Brian Kelly's approach to this thing? Yeah, it's going to be kind of like a simulated scrimmage kind of deal where I think they're going to – maybe have some 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 drives where they they have like first team offense versus the first team defense that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to get a traditional purple gold Yeah, game. you're not going to have teams on both yeah, sidelines. There's just right? not enough bodies. They don't right. have enough bodies for that this year. So you'll see some drill work. I think it's going to going to look treat it a little bit like a practice to start and then kind of get into some uh 7 on 7, 11 on 11 stuff and and I think you'll you'll get enough of a taste of it. I mean, we, we as a media haven't been able to see a whole lot of uh, what they're doing outside of some individual drills this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be a good opportunity to see, you know, in a more game-like setting uh, what these guys are doing. But uh, again, you're not going to have, I don't think, any sweeping takeaways following this spring game. They're going to keep things very vanilla, just like you expect uh, <laughs> most, most teams do at this time of year. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Glenn West, go two four seven sports. The spring portal is open for football. It closes April 30th. I would imagine um, most of the really good players are already gone. The guys that are immediate impactful players. So now you're trying to build some depth. Uh, the big thing you have to wonder about now is after this spring game, how many LSU players are going to enter into that portal? Yeah. Yeah. It's a fair question. And we got to talk with one of those guys. Marlon Martinez is an offensive lineman uh, who's been around the program a couple of years. He's had a lot of uh, opportunities as the first team uh, center this this spring. Uh, and, and he told us that he's not looking to go into the portal, which is a really big win for LSU. Um, you know, they've got five new linemen coming this spring uh, this summer as well. Um, so you're you're hoping that with him and with those five new guys and Bo Bordelon, your, your your depth is really going to be a little bit uh, you know better for LSU in the in, in terms of their offensive line numbers, uh, and then the biggies Garrett uh, Garrett Nussmeyer as well, and just right. uh, what what happens with him. I don't expect him to enter the portal either. I think they're going to go in with him and Daniels as kind of the one two guys, and um, it'll be interesting. I mean, Nussmeyer is is a guy that could probably go in and start on ninety percent of college football teams, but the fact that they've you know talked with him and, and they feel comfortable with him. Um, it, it's a really good sign that he's going to be around for a little while. How many, all right. So let's say Jaden Daniels starts every game and plays every game this year. Nussmeyer, how many years does he have after this year? So he'll have, I believe it's two years because he came okay. in during the COVID year. Okay. Uh, so he'll have two years where he could potentially be the starter. Well, that's plenty. Um, which is, yeah. And, that's and look, plenty. Yeah, and, and and you know, as a three-year kind of guy, where you've had the opportunity to sit in as a college student now for three years, you can probably graduate in three years if you're Garrett Nussmeyer. Right. Focus solely on football. Right. Uh, kind of your last year or two in the program. 
Um, he should be in a really good advantageous spot next year uh, with as the expected you know, returning starter. So uh, I think that's kind of been some of the pitch to him is that look, I agree. We, we can hand the keys over to you next year and you can have uh, as many years as you want remaining on this thing. So that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think he would be wise. You keep the same staff together and, uh, and, that continuity just just rolls on. So, exactly. so yeah. here's, here's what I think about spring games. Uh, I remember everybody raving about the former LSU Tiger, Arik Gilbert, being the star of Georgia's spring game last year. Where is he now? Is he, I mean, he, well, he left and went somewhere else again. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I haven't been you. able to keep up with the Arik Gilbert he saga. He is the Marco Polo of college football player. He is here, there. He yeah. is everywhere um all right well um anything else what else is happening uh i'm trying to think you going to the zurich classic this weekend i'm not going to the zurich you know who's down there today for the pro-am is brian kelly so oh, maybe we'll I see if, uh, golf yeah yeah so stick? we actually we talked to him last week and he told us he'd played augusta a couple times and his best really his best score at augusta was like an 82 or 83 and i was no freaking yeah. way yeah and i, yeah. I that kind of caught play, me they don't play golf up in south bend it's too cold <laughs> yeah i mean i i i, I wasn't really going to call him out on it or anything but it, it was it's definitely a really show good me that score. score card bk show me yeah. the card baby i want to see the signed card yeah. uh well good for him yeah good for him. maybe so he's, he's teaming up there. with Maybe he's teaming up, let's see, uh, with Dennis Allen or something. Who knows? I think he's teaming up with the former LSU athlete, Ben Taylor or something, I think is his name, something Taylor. Okay. He's a golfer that, that used to play at yeah. LSU. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. That's a fun tournament now. When they do yeah. that, uh, the, that pairs and stuff, that's that's fun stuff. So, um, okay, but you'll be at the spring game Saturday mm -hmm. at 1. Yep. What yep. kind of crowd do you think they'll have for that bad boy? Uh, well, I think probably a pretty good one, you know, baseball will be out at Old Miss. So yeah. you know, we'll see if we can, um, if they can lure in some fans. I'm sure there's a lot of fans, you know, really wanting to get in there and see what, what kind of team we got. So I got, I got a, yeah. I got a deal. LSU spring for the beer, free beer for everybody. They'll come yep. in droves. Yep. Come in droves. Maybe, maybe we'll get to see Joe Burrow again, you know, Joe Burrow and a couple of the big LSU stars, came in last year for the spring yeah. game. So maybe that's another reason for people to come in and watch. So take a good look at him. All right, Glenn West, go to four, seven sports. You are the best. Uh, we'll talk next week. Get your recap of the spring game. All right. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Thank Jordan. You, you take care. Glenn West, go to four, seven sports back to wrap up our number one next. This is the Jordy Holberg show on the game. One Oh three, seven Lafayette and one Oh four, one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Bordelon's Furniture, a flat screen TV from AVI, and more. It's the ultimate man cave makeover powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game southwest louisiana sports station don't agree with what jordy has to say not to worry he's always open to a healthy debate well dean i'm, I'm glad that you asked that actually question. i'd like to jump in and take that one jimmy if you don't mind 
Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hi, we are back wrapping up our number one. Tomorrow, LSU will host the Ragin' Cajuns at 630 at Skip Bertman Field, Alec Box Stadium. Um, So that'll always be fun before they head to Oxford, Mississippi to take on Ole Miss Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, Tigers have been ranked number one in all of the college baseball polls for 10 consecutive weeks. Uh, They're 29-6 and record. It's best through 35 games since 2015 when LSU was 30-5. and So we told you Tommy White was the SEC Player of the Week thanks to his performances in the four games this week in which LSU won three of the four. Um, Bryce Collins was good, the junior right-hander, two wins in relief appearances, um, one over Tulane and one over Kentucky. So they're looking for somebody to step up and deliver um, on, on the pitching mound. That's going to be – that's going to be the key if LSU's to get to Omaha and take care of business and win a national championship. Uh, coming up, our number two, we'll talk to a team that had a chance to win a national championship. It came up a little bit short, but the fact that they even were in the running is kind of miraculous. We'll talk to LSU gymnastics head coach Jay Clark, who got his team to the final four of gymnastics and then we'll talk nba playoff hoops with ali cassell from at the bird rights it's all coming your way our number two the jordy Holtberg show here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles your home for the lsu tigers and the world series champion houston astros Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two and away we go on this Monday, April 17th, the year 2023. Hope you had a great, great weekend. My main man, James Mesh, back in the producer's chair in the Epco Development Studios. Epco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. We're coming to you live from Delta Media, where you'll find... KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming everywhere on the world around the world. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television sets on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. By all accounts, LSU had no business being in Fort Worth, Texas at the final four of NCAA gymnastics. They call it four on the floor. But boy, did they overachieve and did they overcome 
the injury bug to get to the final four. And joining me now so I can compliment him and his team is a 30-year veteran of gymnastics in his third season as the head coach of the LSU gymnastics program, Jay Clark. Jay, uh, thank you for your time, sir. How are you? I'm good, Jordy. How's everything going? I'm on my way to uh, to Covington with my daughter. We've got to pick her car up because last minute she decided to join us in Fort Worth for what turned out to be a, a good weekend for us. Well, that's awesome. Uh, you've been involved with national championships. You've You've seen it all. You've heard it all. You've done it all. Describe this team and your emotions around it considering – all the adversity, all the ups, all the downs. Where does this one rank? I told uh, I told a group of our fans uh, in Fort Worth when they came to give a, kind of give us a pep rally the day before. There's there's really two teams that stand out in my mind in my career, and there's been a lot of great ones, but um, this one's one of the two most memorable seasons that I can ever remember. Um, just because of the way these kids fought through so, I've never been through a year where we've had to fight through so many different things and weird injuries that occurred in the middle of celebration and uh, all, all sorts of uh, obstacles that were thrown at them. And they just kept coming and kept getting better and kept climbing in the rankings and, and doing what they had to do. And the next person up would, would, would take the reins at a moment's notice and, and do a great job. So it's one of the top two in terms of, in terms of my career, 33 years of, that I can recall. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, it, I'm sure you know when they when they go to gymnastic school for coaches, they don't tell you about well, you're going to get injuries, and I, it had to be a challenge to you <laughs> to keep this team um, believing in themselves and not getting down. It's very easy to hang your head when you when you lose one of your best gymnasts for the year. How did you well, approach this on a day in day out basis? Well, you know, like you say, most most teams if they lose one of their stars, a lot of times they lose a little of their little of their mojo or can kind of it'd be real easy to fold their tent. But the, I don't know, Jordy. I think so much of it the credit goes to them. It's not it's not about what anything I did. It's about them really buying in and believing that they wanted to be different and that um, and that they weren't willing to quit and that they believed in themselves no matter who it was, whether it was. Uh, walk-ons that went into the lineup or kids that had not competed on a particular event. Um, they got ready and they, uh, they believed in the, in the idea that what comes next is most important. Anytime we would, were faced with any kind of adversity, we talked to them about what comes next and how do you honor your teammate um, who has gone down and can no longer do what they do you honor them with your actions. And we talked about yeah. that on a daily basis almost. And they really bought into that whole philosophy. And I think they had a little chip on their shoulder. People started counting them out and they knew it. And uh, they just were going to, they were going to go down swinging and, and uh, took some things lining up for us. It took a little bit of, of the stars lining up, if you will, at, at different times, but so many great things happened and, and um, just really thrilled. Of course, we'd have liked to have been a little better than fourth on that final day, but, well, At that point, you're probably getting greedy because yeah, <laughs> because yeah. so much hey, so much has gone well for us. Yeah, I don't blame. My goodness, though, this Oklahoma team. I mean, 
They've won five championships in the past six years, 10 consecutive seasons, finishing among the top two teams in the country. They're the most, I mean, dominant program in the country. Florida was second. Utah was fifth. You came in fourth. Nothing to be ashamed about with that one. You were the sixth seed. You finished fourth. I mean, that's that's pretty darn that's pretty darn special. Um uh, who who stood out? Uh, Haley Bryant um, put up the best yeah, all-around yeah. score. Set. I mean, was that expected? Yeah, I mean, Haley's really matured. She's been great since she got here, and we all know that. But but the way she uh, sort of when when Kaya Johnson and KJ went down, Haley really put us on her back and and um, became such a calming force. Um, we were looking at statistics on her yesterday, Jordy. She did. She had 64. She did the all around in every single meet this year. 64 routines had no falls, and across wow. all four events, averaged 9.92. If that's not the best gym, gymnast in the country, I don't know what is. And um, she really, really was the rock that that uh, kind of everybody else rallied around uh, after all the injuries. Let me ask you what. what will probably be a stupid question to you, but, uh, you know, we hear so much about the portal and we see so much in football and in basketball. Is the portal a big to-do in gymnastics as well? Well, it's funny you ask that. I just got off the phone with my assistant coach. who He looks at the portal every day. And I, I wouldn't say that it's um, it's a big deal. We, we haven't seen too much movement, but there are there is some. Uh, okay. Last year we took – uh, one out of the portal from Utah that was a graduate transfer, Tammy Hall, who was one of our injuries early in this year before we even started the season. Um, there was a little bit of activity. Florida got a couple of transfers in. Um, Utah got a couple of transfers in. But it, it's not nearly like you've seen in basketball and in football where there's just this vast yeah. uh, exodus of, of kids in the spring, you know, looking to jump ship and looking for a better situation. It's a lot more stable in our sport, at least so far. Sometimes so far. Sometimes we kind of lag behind a couple of years behind the other sports. Well, there's not a better place to go with better facilities than LSU and a better fan base than LSU. So that's, uh, that's all working in your favor. Plus, when you went to gymnastics coaching training, you never had to deal with NIL and superstars where you got people, you got to have security around your team. That had to be the craziest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's gotten – well, I just think NIL coupled with social media. Social media combined with NIL, it means the fan base is not as localized. You don't really know who you're dealing with when you go right. um, out on the road. And, and with Olivia being such a high-profile person, we ran into – some interesting scenarios. And I just think really whether we had Olivia or not, I think in today's world, we need to really be conscious yeah. of what we're doing with all of our athletes on, in every yeah. sport, just in terms of exposure um, when they're in our venues and things of that nature, and just making sure we take uh, the security of our athletes very seriously. We, we were, we were fortunate that Brian Madden, who has long time, you know, been with, he was with coach miles and coach. O. he, he ended up traveling with us the whole season as our as our uh, on-site security. What a great what a great guy he is, and we enjoyed having him with us the whole season. He is an imposing dude. I know him very very well. He he, yeah. he uh, you yes, can get lost behind him, especially gymnasts. They can't find him. He's so yeah. big. Um, this would be a great, I believe, a great springboard for next year's 
team. Uh, you fought through all the adversity. Look how far you got. But you just came short of planting that flag at the top of the mountain. H- how's it looking from a recruiting perspective and from uh, from play- from athletes that are going to be returning and hopefully that injury bug stays away from you? Yeah, that's going to be the key for us. We'll, we're, we'll get pretty much everybody back from this year's team. We're adding a couple of really good freshmen next year. From a recruiting standpoint, over the next two years, recruiting is at an all-time high in my time here uh, at LSU. We we are recruiting at a very high level. Garrett Griffiths, I've hired uh, hired him over a year ago. He's come in and he's coordinating a lot of our recruiting efforts, which uh, frees me up. Uh, we're both headed out on the road again tomorrow. Um, recruiting is going exceptionally well. We feel like if these kids pan out and stay healthy that we're really beginning to stack the deck in ways that some other teams have done in recent, recent past. And, and so we're excited about the future. We think that the trajectory is, is upward, um, continuing to be better and better for our program. And uh, I really believe we're going to see ourselves get over that hump and win a national title here in the next couple of three years or so. That's awesome. Jay Clark with us. I always talk about um, baseball players who who stick with one sport as a young kid and boy, they just go through and they and they burn out. Gymnastics is such a tough. I don't know how these girls do what they do for as long as they. What is your advice to there's a there's a mom listening right now with a daughter who's six years old and she's got she's joined a gym and she's doing all these tumbles and flips. What's your advice to them to sustain um and to keep healthy, how do you deal with that? Well, I think you know every every situation is different, obviously. But you've got to be able to you've got to be able to trust the people that are involved with your child and and understand, you know that that what's in the best interest of the kid comes first. They've got uh-huh. to they've got to be having fun with it because as they get older, it it creates a demand on them that's upwards between thirty and forty hours a week as they Oof. get to the higher levels before they even can think about going to college. And so it's not, it's a, it's a sport that requires an awful lot of commitment. It's a sport that requires uh, an awful lot of discipline. Um, The rewards are immense in terms of kids learning time management and how to, how to be committed and and resilient and, uh, and all those things. But you've got to, you've got to be able to stay committed to it. And the rewards are fleeting. You know, you get, you get four or five meets a year, and uh, and you're spending all that time in the gym, so I would say you got to get in a good situation where you trust the, trust the instruction that they're getting somewhere that is very good on on being slow with their progressions because you can't try to get there fast in this sport. Right. It takes years and years, and yeah. you get there fast and you cut corners, and that's not a good good thing. Yeah. So patience is Great the advice. big is the key. Great advice. Don't you have some uh, some recruits signed, but she's not going to be able to, to join you for a couple of years because she's got some uh, Olympics to take place first in Paris? Well, there's some people that I'm not allowed to call by name, and there's, there's you know, there's people out there that I'm not allowed to speak in public about. But <laughs> okay. as I mentioned, we, we're doing exceptionally well with our recruiting efforts right now and, and certainly recruiting uh, a lot of young young gymnasts that are uh, that are on the olympic track for sure well you know all the hard work that you put in um 
this season is is the reward for you. I know you're proud. I know how much it means to you. And I know you still got that fire in you, man. What what a great run. And congratulations um, on the most unexpected. I mean, look, LSU Gymnastics is, is the cream of the crop. But when you lose so many talented athletes, nobody expected you to get as far as you yeah. did. So yeah. congratulations on that. Well, I appreciate it, Jordy. I'll say this. Nobody outside of our gym expected us. I don't think there was ever any doubt in our kids' minds that we could still do it. You know, and, and I'll be honest, there were moments where I thought we may be at the end of the line, and they, and they continued to get better, and they continued to improve and, and show themselves and, and their coaches and everybody um, just, uh, just what a great group of fighters they are. I've never been with another – with a a more tough-minded group of, of young women than these, these kids were this year. That's awesome. What, what kind of score would you get on the balance beam if you got up there and did that thing? Um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to get within about 10 or 15 feet of that piece of equipment, to be honest with you. I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't score very well at all, I'm sure. That thing scares the heck out of I don't know how those athletes do what they do. It's, it's absolutely amazing. But, I, hey – Tell your daughter, um, I hope she enjoys the, the ride and go pick up her car and uh, good yeah. luck on the recruiting path. And uh, thank you for your time, man. Congratulations on one heck of a season. Jordy, thank you for having me on and, and uh, look forward to talking to you again next year. If you haven't been to one of our meets, you need to get out and do it. We average about 12,000. It's a lot of fun for our fans and we're looking right. forward already to next year. I'll be on an airplane at 6 a.m. going in going on the trail looking for some more Tigers. So we'll talk to you again soon. Friday Night Lights in the Pete Maravich Assembly Center. I have been, and it is fun. Jay Clark, the head coach of the LSU Gymnastics Program, fourth in the country, uh, and by all accounts, they had no business being there. They believed it. Nobody else did, uh, and they got it. So um, bigger and better things to come for sure. We'll take a time out here. We'll come back with more. After this, this is the Jordy Holberg show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. If you want to take your significant other for a nice dinner, but you're low on cash, well, no worries. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen both located at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. Now, you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to The Jordy Holberg Show. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. For the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. We're back at 23 minutes after the hour. Still to come, Ali Cassell will talk uh, Pelicans. We'll talk NBA playoffs. Um, Meanwhile, he has uh, officially been christened as a New Orleanian. 
Saturday's thunderstorms in the Crescent City did more than suspend live music at the French Quarter Festival. They also cut off power at the home of one of the city's newest residents, Saints quarterback Derek Carr. In a tweet, he explained he had yet to hook up a generator at his home, so he asked Twitter for ideas, and of course he got some great responses and fun stuff. Um, The ultimate NOLA welcome should be short-lived, hang in there, etc., etc., etc. Somebody else said, can't wait for hurricane season tweets from our QB1 and on and on and on. Um, Look, he's lived most most of his life in California and in Texas, um, a little bit in Nevada as well. Uh, so he's not as familiar as longtime residents with the perils of power outages, which can reduce pressure in the municipal water system and lead to boil advisories, which is the all time worst. But somehow, some way, I've got to believe that the former Raider who signed a four year, one hundred and fifty million dollar contract with the Saints is going to quickly get that generac generator hooked up to his home and do away with all of that nonsense so uh but welcome to new orleans derek carr you are officially a resident of the city absolutely um and felt draft is is coming up i don't know what direction the saints are going everybody's guessing who knows will it be an offensive lineman defensive lineman uh, who knows you're get, I, I refuse to guess. I don't know what they're thinking. I do know that the Atlanta Falcons have again signed a former member of the Saints this offseason, scooping up reserve offensive lineman Ethan Greenidge today. Uh, the Villanova product signed with the Saints as an undrafted free agent in April of 2019. After spending that season on the scout team, he saw action in 15 games in 2020, hasn't played in either of the last two seasons, spending that time on the injured reserved list. He joins defensive tackle David Anyamata. And I hated losing this guy because I think he's going to become a stud. Linebacker Caden Ellis is with the Falcons. Um, and you can blame former Saints vice president and assistant GM for pro personnel, the current Falcons general manager, Terry Fontenot, for raiding the Saints cabinet. Um, he got to see these guys every day. And he took over as the general manager for Atlanta, January of 2021. And uh, he's taken some coaches. He's taken some players. That's just the way it goes. Um, Again, we don't even know who's going to be the first pick in the draft. It's going to be a quarterback. Is it going to be Stroud? Is it going to be Young? Is it going to be Ohio State? It's going to be Alabama. If you ask me who I like, I don't care about size. I care about production. I care about all. I take Bryce Young. I think he's the best quarterback out there. I really do. Uh, but that's me. I don't I don't study. I just I saw him play. I saw him play against LSU. I saw him play in national championship games. I saw what he did in pressure situations. Always as cool as the other side of the pillow. I, I like Bryce Young. I do. I like Hendon Hooker. If he's around, Saints. Mm, like him. 
you know, those injuries that, that he suffered, those things are like nothing anymore. Uh, medical, medical science and technology and brilliant doctors fix those things up like there's nothing to it. So anyway, again, we'll see. But the Saints better get better get three impactful players from day one. Three. I wish, I wish, I wish they'd get a stud pass rusher. I wish they'd get that guy, uh, Von Miller, um, Lawrence Taylor. I know those are rarities, far and few betweens, but you never know. Man, I hope they get one. That that's what I think they need more than anything. Somebody to affect the quarterback. Um, we'll see. Uh, the New Orleans Breakers USFL season opener uh, against the Pittsburgh Maulers was a success. A twenty-two to fifteen victory at Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama. The Breakers will be based in Birmingham this season as one of multiple teams that will not be playing games in their home markets. Why couldn't the Breakers play at Yulman Stadium at Tulane? That'd be perfect. Be perfect. Um, Former North Carolina Southern Miss coach Larry Fedora uh, led the Breakers through the 2022 season. Former NFL offensive coordinator John DeFilippo is in his first year as the team's head coach. He had been the offensive coordinator for Cleveland, Minnesota, and Jacksonville, but now he's running the show. Um, so, um, you know, they outgained Pittsburgh 332 to 156. Um, I don't know anybody on the team. I don't, you know, I don't know. And they have a quarterback named McLeod Bethel Thompson. And all I know is from what I've read, he led the Toronto Argonauts to the 2022 Grey Cup title. Okay. He's 34 years old. I don't know what his what his hopes and dreams are, uh, but Saints got. I mean, the Breakers got a field goal kicker, Matt Coughlin, five for five on field goals from 34, 51, 21, 27, 28. Is anybody interested in the USFL? Anybody? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I'm interested in the NBA playoffs, and we'll talk about that next. And also Zion with Ali Cassell. Next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. Today, you can get a $15 voucher to Pizza Artista for only $7.50. That's a $15 voucher, and you'll get it for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com to get a $15 voucher to Pizza Artista for only $7.50. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
And we're back. Oh, the NBA playoffs are in full swing. And unfortunately, our New Orleans Pelicans are on the outside looking in after losing their play-in game to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights joins us. Good afternoon, my friend. How you holding up there during this offseason now? I'm doing well, Jordy. All things considered. I'm not too upset about the way the Pelicans finish because you just win a couple more games and you finish in fifth or sixth. So you got to kind of keep things in context, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the big, the big, the big issue is Zion Williamson. What's he doing going out on the court? and do? Why do they let him do these things? Are they their worst enemies? He's up there doing dunks and all, and everybody's like, well, wait a minute, if he can dunk, he can play. Why do they even allow him that that makes no sense to me, Ali. Well, he had been working out in previous games before, right, the start of games. So during whenever everybody else is warming up and actually getting ready for the game, he was getting a lot of reps in. But you're right. I think he must have taken it upon himself to knowing it might be the last game. So I'm going to give the fans a little bit of a treat showing them that, hey, I still got it by throwing down more than one dunk. Because I know on previous occasions he had about one or two. But, yeah, in that final uh, game right before the Thunder, he must have had like 8 to 10 or something like that. And that, that's not a good image, right? Somebody has to know, especially he, right? Going back to last season on how things uh-huh. ended, um, it's just not a good look, right? Everybody, I think everybody agrees on that. But I will say, one thing, you know what that did show me? He wasn't close to being ready. If you watched him closely on those dunks, he was barely getting it on, say, over the rim. Uh-huh. We know Zion. He's a high flyer, right? He's, his head can get near the rim when he's right. So the fact that it wasn't, I just knew that it just showed me personally that he wasn't close. But, of course, everybody else is going to mistake that for, hey, he is close. So why is he now they're giving you 10, 15 minutes or even 20 minutes? He's missed 135 of 164 games the past two seasons with foot, knee, and hamstring injuries. There's something – I think I think blame can go all around to all those involved, including Zion, including management, including training staff, including medical staff. At the end of every season, after the last loss, these players have what they call exit meetings. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall to Zion Williamson's exit meeting do you think they had to come to jesus with him and said zion my goodness gracious you got to what do you think that message was what do you think it sounded like i think honestly they had it even earlier uh when he was working his way back from that retweaking of the hamstring right it wasn't the initial injury that i feel like really devastated him it's the fact that he re-injured it because right before he that re-injury Jordy, he was looking good. I thought physically he looked fine, right, to the naked eye. And I saw him moving and running, and he just looked better. But something between that point and the end of the season, you know, his conditioning just kind of basically, let's say, it got out of whack. So I think it's during that time frame that I know that a lot of people talk to him, you know, from people on the coaching staff to certain players to even people, like you just mentioned, the front office. Because the message was consistently the same from everybody when when we asked about Zion. And they basically all said, look, one of the biggest things you've got to do in this league is take care of your body, do everything right, just eating right, 
sleeping, drinking water, all these things. Mm-hmm. And so when everybody echoes it, a that means to me, right, Jordy, that means to me that he, everybody spoke to him about it beforehand. So I don't think there was a come to Jesus moment. I just think that elapsed over that period where he was hurt again. Zion has to become a pro. He's got to understand this is his, this is his livelihood. These people have yeah. invested a lot of money in him. And I know he's young and this is, but my goodness gracious, how much weight do you think he needs to lose? What's a, because that, that's the fine line. His size is what makes him that unicorn on the court. Mm-hmm. But that size is also the thing that's causing these toes and ankles and hamstring injuries, uh, of knee injuries and all that stuff. What's the happy medium here, you think? I think the way he entered the season was towards the upper limits of, I think, what you want to see. So I think he was about 280-ish. And if everybody remembers, he looked really good at the start of the season, right? To mm-hmm. The muscle definition to how he moved on the court. It's just the fact that once he sits down for any kind of period of time, Jordy, weight just gets put on his body. And I don't think yeah. he's even go, getting out of control with his eating habits. I honestly think back to when uh, the Pelicans went to the bubble. And you remember how good he looked before everybody made that trip to Orlando. Well, he had that hamstring injury. And so it sidelined him down there for, what, a couple of weeks or so. And when we saw him on the court for the first time, he basically couldn't move like the Zahn that we had become accustomed yeah. to right before that uh, bubble happened. And I feel like the same thing, we're due for the same thing here again. So it's really easy for me. I think for him, he just got to stay more on top of his body every single day and may not be fair, right? He, was, he wasn't blessed with those type of genetics. He was blessed with some other really good ones, but not yeah. those. So for him, it's just got to be a 365-day-a-year type of thing because I know he can do it. He's done it. He just has to be so consistently on top of it. That's the next step for him. 280. I would love to see him at 260. He's not going to lose that upper body strength. Uh, the wear and tear. Yeah, on Jordy, his I was going to say 270. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, I, and look, he needs to fire his chef and get a new chef that knows what the heck he's doing. My God, he puts on weight so fast. It's unbelievable. Anyway, um, okay. Yeah, Jordy, um, one thing I wanted to add to that, I feel like Larry Nance probably gave us the best message from that. And that is Zion really has to get somebody that he trusts completely yes. in his corner, right? So he's got Ter- Teresa Witherspoon, but he needs more people like that. And I think that's mm-hmm. going to be so important for him. I would call LeBron James up, who LeBron's you know, LeBron's up there. I mean, you know, he's a little taller, but he's heavy. I mean, he's thick. And mm-hmm. all the things, because LeBron James, through most of his 20-something year career, up until of late has been, he never missed games. Never. I would lean on him. I mean, use your resources and pick people's brains that have done this and have learned how to do, go, go talk. Steph Curry's a completely different animal. Go talk to Joel Embiid, those kind of people. And they'll share their secrets. I mean, come on, right? They would. And that's what I meant by also having somebody in this corner, because I feel like at home, right even though his stepdad and his mom mean really well for him, I don't think they're telling him all the right things. It's stuff that he needs to be hearing, right? So staying on top of everything, every given moment, he's not going to get it from them. He's got to get it from people like, you know, Coach Teaspoon and others that will push you to do it. 
got to talk to those guys that have as much money as you, if not more. They have no, they're not yeah. going to be a yes man. They're going to tell you the, the facts. Mm -hmm. And that's what he needs. He doesn't need yes men. My goodness. <laughs> um, still through it all. Um, you know, in December, they were number one in the Western Conference. Who knows where they would be now? When you look at this team in totality, where are they? What are they missing? What do they need? You see these playoff games. What, 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 what do they need in your opinion? And I got my opinion, but I want to hear yours. Yeah, so I think this wasn't as bad of a season as a lot of people made out to be. They won more games than um, any teams going back to 27-18. Yeah. They also finished top six defensively. That's the best they've ever finished in franchise history. Plus, we saw the young guys, right? Jose Alvarado earlier in the season. Herb, the way yeah. he finished over the last month and a half. And then Trey, how he just yeah. steadily became fantastic. So there's so many things that point to this is this, everything's going to be fine if you can keep your stars healthy. But to your point, where they can improve without a doubt, offensively, they've got to get with the modern game. Finishing 29th in three-point attempts isn't going to do it. We just saw Phoenix lose yesterday because I feel like they shot the ball only 19 times from three. So their margin for error to win that game over the Clippers was yeah. small. And I know you've got Kevin Durant, just like we always argued, you, hey, you've got Zion and you've got B.I., but you still got to be able to play, like I said, that modern game. So offensive strategy, that's where it's going to be at. Somehow this coaching staff is going to have to be able to better utilize not only the modern game, but play to your strengths. I'm upset that Jonas wasn't used um, – you know, more aptly once Zion went down. That C.J. McCollum didn't have a more specific role to it. They tried to find him instead of him creating. It's, it's things like that. When you watch these mm -hmm. playoff teams, Jordy, they know what they're, they're doing out there. And the Kings is my favorite example. Those guys all seem to be on the same page. And I, you can see why they get to 125 points, right? The Aaron Fox is that speed burner that can create any kind of offense. The bonus is that hub. So if you need to have a playmate or you're running a play, you go through him. And then you've got yeah. all these other guys filling their roles perfectly, like Barnes, Murray, guys off the bench. I mean, look what Malik Monk did. So that's what you need. You need to have a cohesive strategy that, like I said, takes advantage of all your strengths but plays this modern game because you've got to be able to shoot that three ball. And I know you mentioned Valanchunas, um, and, and I like him, but I think he's a detriment to this group in the fact I mean, he can't guard anybody. I mean, that's that has a pulse that's not a back-to-the-basket guy. If, if he's got to guard somebody, that, a Sabonis that could take you off the dribble, he's done. He saw that against Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. Done. He can't guard anybody. So I think the Pels ought to just be a Sacramento type, uh, be a Golden State type, and just go small, get your best athletes on the floor, and let's go. Let's, you're going to sacrifice something somewhere. You sacrifice it with Jonas. Without him, you get maybe more outside shooting. You get quicker. You get more length. I, I would go get me a six six ten stud who can dribble it. I know everybody wants them, but they're out right. there. That's what I would get. I think they've got just about everything else. Um, and then go find me a sixth man. Go find me a Vinnie Johnson, the microwave, who comes in and just lights it up. Not a Trent Richardson. Not nobody like that. Not a, you know, not nobody that we have at this current time. But that's what I think they need. They need to get longer, quicker, more athletic, and they need to get one more shooter out there that's a that's a marksman because Trey Murphy can shoot. 
There is no question about that. CJ can shoot it. He's just kind of got healthy. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. your right thumb on your shooting hand. I mean, my goodness, I'm amazed he made any shots. But they got shooters. They just need to get the pace going up and down the floor more, in my opinion. It, yeah, no, Jordan, you're, you're spot on there. Because for me, if you're not going to utilize Jonas, which is, of course, pounding him in the paint and taking advantage of your bigger, you know, your size mismatches. Right then you've got to move on from him. I mean, if Willie Green's not going to do it, then you've got to go in the direction that you're talking about. Because I know Willie loved having Larry Nance out there, and boy, he was fantastic when he was healthy. And it's, yeah. the real shame comes from Jackson Hayes. He was supposed to really fill you know, that role that go. we're talking about here. That athleticism, yeah. everything you want, the five, to be the versatility to guard almost any position when necessary, and defend the rim. He just didn't do it. So you've got to find a guy like him. Question, million-dollar question is, Who's out there and who's available? Yeah, and I don't see right. too many guys that'll be available that I think that can help this team. But as far as that off the bench score, I'm with you. They need that guy. Now, given if everybody's healthy on this risk roster, you've got to think likely Trey, maybe an outside chance CJ, but I think it would be Trey that would be coming off the bench. So that helps, right? In terms of having the scoring. Yeah. And I really think they might have something in either Kyra or if Dyson Daniels really takes a step forward. But to your point, more vets. I think they're necessary. I think they've got enough kids that are still developing, needing improvements in their game that if we would have had, say, Boyan Bogdanovich, somebody along those lines, boy, that would have yeah. solved a lot of woes coming down the stretch. I mean, you look at these playoff teams and you see you yeah. see the formula. You see what it takes. Um, it's kind of remarkable. What surprised you? I mean, the injuries certainly taking their toll for Memphis and for Milwaukee, for sure. I was surprised the Knicks went into Cleveland and, and won that game 101-97. to That uh, that surprised me a little bit. But uh, what, what's your takeaway from uh, just one game in the, in the playoffs across the board? What, uh, what struck your fancy? Yeah, overall theme, I can't stand charges. We saw Giannis yeah. uh, hurt his yeah. back to where he wasn't able to go, and now it's kind of – he's probably going to be – you know, not 100% for the rest of that Miami series. And, of course, Tyler Hero broke a hand, but that wasn't on the charge mm-hmm. play. But guess who did? John Morant. Yep. I don't know if he'll play, let alone play at even 50% the rest of that Lakers right. series. So from the standpoint of what I want to see change, I can't stand the charges. I think they've got to do something about that. But as far as the series that stood out, I like what you point out. But I'll tell you what, the Knicks are tough. And guess what? Cleveland made yep. a big mistake by not trading for Josh Hart. Instead, he ended up with New York. And I thought he was big down a stretch and helping New York win that game. So I think the Cavaliers are in trouble. I mean, look at Darius yeah. Garland. Dallas Man, is think, the was team. it one rebound, zero assist, or something along those lines? What's going on there? He's supposed yeah. to be as dynamic almost as Donovan Mitchell, but apparently they didn't get the message. So I think they're in trouble. But my favorite, yeah. I think my favorite, without a doubt, series is going to be the Warriors and the Kings. Oh, you know, the champs going against the Sacramento team that nobody gave them a chance. And I'll tell you what, I thought the Kings handled them well that first game so that's one i'm watching because i like that cohesive cohesiveness right that mike brown's preached to that team where they're just all on the same page they play with a bunch of force and they're always going to at least score 120 points so i'm curious to see how far they can go because nobody gave them right any kind of credit getting in the playoffs everybody said hey i want to get matched up against the number three king i think a lot of people are going to realize that they're better than what they thought 
And they come off Malik Monk's their sixth man. He gets 32. They got a shooter and herder. They got uh, De'Aaron Fox is spectacular. Sabonis, yeah. they're not tall. Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, they got a veteran. They got a rookie. That That's a team that can get up and down the floor, and they get Trey Lyle. They got another three Kentucky guys, Lyles, Monk, and Fox, and they all can play. Um, I, I like that team, man. I, they're fun 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 to watch but the team that's got to be crying the most is dallas and how they let jalen brunson out the door that that dude can play he's the whole difference in the new york knicks the entire difference one player has actually made them into a team that can compete jalen brunson i think is the look like to me the best player in that game one i know donovan mitchell scored more but what brunson does and and he's been doing it for months where I hope he gets on an all-NBA team. I think he's deserving. A lot more deserving than, say, Julius yeah. Randle, who was good in his yeah. own right. But, yeah, Dallas, to let him walk. I'm telling you what, Mark Cuban, that, that might be the biggest mistake we've seen in terms of player yes. movement, right, yes. over the last five years. I don't care about them going after Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that might not be a good move, but letting Jalen Brunson walk for free, that's a fireball offense. Yes, and the fireball offense, you have to fire the owner because he's the one that let it happen. Yes. Crazy. Exactly. They can talk. Look, I love college basketball, but there's nothing that beats the NBA playoffs. These guys are so stinking good. It's Jimmy Buckets Butler in the playoffs is ridiculous. Uh, can't wait. And oh, by the way, Kawhi Leonard's back. Who the fuck? Who the thunk it? And how good is he? Ali Cassell <laughs> at the Bird Rights. You gotta love it. Um, thank you for your time, man. And listen, go go whisper into into zion's ear get down to two i'll split the difference with you get down to 265 and he'll be fine i promise oh, if i had that kind of pull i'd already be staying outside his door <laughs> <laughs> ollie you you underestimate your power you're the best thank you my friend we'll talk again yep. soon thanks jordy have a good all day right, we'll, be, we'll be back to wrap it all up next Download the free Game Mobile app from either Android or Apple services so you can take the Blonde Bomber with you always. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. All right, back to wrap things up uh, 55 minutes after the hour. Special thanks to our guest today. Great to be back in the saddle after a little break from things. Uh, Glenn West from Go247 Sports. Jay Clark, the LSU gymnastics coach who got to the Final Four. And uh, Ali Cassell talking NBA playoffs. Nothing, nothing better. Um with the Zurich Classic coming up, we will be um, getting my good friend Doug Bell, who's on PGA Radio on. Uh, he'll be at the course, and uh, we'll get him and get his preview of the Zurich, which will be a lot of fun, to say the very, very least. So we look forward to that. Uh, the draft is coming up. So, of course, the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose tomorrow will recap all the NBA playoffs as well. If today, April 17th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Hall of Famer Tony Baselli is 51 years old today from the NFL. And the lefty, now in the television world, Boomer Esiason is 60 two years young so happy birthday to them and happy birthday to you hope you get some cake ice cream or maybe a present 
and uh, or two, and you're with your loved ones. James Mesh, thank you so much for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in whatever form or fashion that you do. Thanks to our partners. You know, we couldn't do it without you. Much love and respect. So thank you very much. Come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4. Same great station, 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friend. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh next. So long, everybody.